Hey guys, welcome back to the Takeoff with Norji. My name is Norji. I'm sorry I haven't been podcasting lately. I've been extremely busy. So it's August 2020, the era of the pandemic, of the corona, of the rona, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I've been working. I'm back to work this month. I was off for four months and some change, and now I'm back to the skies, you know? I took off, and so I'm excited to be back, but at the same time, it's scary, scary times to be a flight attendant for the aviation industry, to be a flight attendant, pilot, whatever, to work in an airline is scary right now, because there's so so much uncertainty that you don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah, so, but anyway, but, um, I'm doing a podcast, doing another episode of my podcast, and um, this is out to my cousin that hit me up. I'm not going to, you know, put her out there because I don't know if she wants to be mentioned or not, but um, she wants to be a flight attendant as well, and uh, she's a very, very beautiful girl, very sweet, and I know she will become a flight attendant once this pandemic goes away and the airline industry goes back to normal, and I'm here to help her with anything, any questions, any tips I can give her. And uh, one of the questions she asked was, uh, she said that I should do a podcast explaining how long it took me to become a flight attendant. Now, to become a flight attendant, uh, in-flight crew member, cabin crew, depending on what they call them on your part of the world, it's it can be very easy, short and sweet, and it can take some time depending on what life has in store for you. For me, it took quite some time. Now, I knew I wanted to become a flight attendant when I was 15 years old, and I stepped into a plane, um, U.S. major carrier, from New York to San Juan, Puerto Rico. And when I stepped into that plane, I smelled that coffee, and I saw that the uniform, and for the first time, like, I knew, like, I belong there. I was excited, I was thrilled, I was curious. In my mind, I was like, oh, I wonder where they've been. I wonder where they're going. Like, it was just amazing, an amazing feeling that I just can't really describe. Only those that really love and, and have a passion for this career, for this lifestyle, because it is a lifestyle, people, uh, will understand. And so for me, I knew since I was 15 years old. Now, I was always a chubby, fat little boy from South Jersey, originally from Camden, New Jersey, and I and I didn't know any better. You know, I just know that it looked impossible to reach that goal. You know, I was a young boy, young little gay boy from a small town called Camden in South Jersey, which is known as one of the highest crime cities in the country. You know, all you know is drugs and crimes and killing, and you didn't know any better in that time when I was growing up in the early 90s. Um, that's all I knew. So for me, it seemed impossible. Now, my mom, if it wasn't for my mom and her moving me out of Camden and taking me to see different you know, exposing me to different cultures, to different types of life, a, a way of life, I would have never thought it was possible. Now, I left 
Jersey. I graduated high school in Jersey. Graduated from Woodrow Wilson High School. Yeah, Tigers. So mighty Tigers, class of 2003. A little bit older now. I just turned 35 on August 12th, so. But anyways, <laughs> um, I just thought that it was impossible to reach. But little did I know, it was very possible. Now, I was a big boy, chubby, thick, whatever. I was a cute boy, but I was thick. To be a flight attendant, you do not have to be skinny, not in the United States. You have to be able to fit in the jump seat without any extension. Now, it took me some time to lose weight. It took me a lot of time to lose weight. I was I started working for an airline in the ground as customer service agent in Orlando. And when I started working for that airline, I um my 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 want to become a flight attendant started back again. But I was still very fat. And so that was in 2006 and 2000, 2006, 2007, I believe. I can't remember. It's been, a, it's been a minute. And I tried for some airlines. I did a course. I did a, a flight attendant course, which cost me at that time around $700. And it was a three-day course and had a interview and the ins and out of the airline. You do not have to do that. And I recommend you not to go to a flight attendant academy. Even though it seems like, oh my God, I would gain so much knowledge and whatnot. Listen, that's just my recommendation. You can find a course. There's courses out there There's like that will teach you how to interview if you're not great at interviewing. You can Google. You know, you can. there's YouTube videos of people telling you how to interview. A lot of a lot of the interview process is STAR method, STAR method interview. So it's basically like situate, it's acronym, like situation, task, uh, situation, task, assignment, and result. I'm not great at interviewing. I'm, I'm good, but that's, for the airline industry, you have to interview a specific way. And depending on who you get interviewing you, they might care, might not care, might not care how to use the start interview. You might have a connection with the recruiter and you might hit it off and they like you, so they will vouch for you. Even though you didn't use the start method interview, they will kind of help you out if they like you. Some, if you don't do it, forget it, you're out. So anyway, so during that time when I was working for that airline, it was an international airline, uh, and I uh, was doing customer service agent. Then I did gate agent, and then I did uh, uh, in uh, flight coordinator for them, which is just different positions. I truly love that experience. I don't regret doing that, and and so and during that time, I was interviewing. I was trying to put in my application, interviewing. I did that course. I learned. You know, they did have an airline come in, which was a regional airline, and do interviews. I didn't get hired because I was a big boy, and they weren't going to hire me. I knew that. Everyone in the class got hired except me. You know, it did hurt, but there's life lessons, lessons and there's a reason why you go through what you go through. You know, at that moment, you're not going to realize it, but 
I'm very grateful that my path went a different way. And I interviewed for Delta. I interviewed, well, my first airline ever interviewing was for Continental at that time when Continental was still around. It is still around, but its name changed and it's now United. I interviewed for them, we interviewed for them and I didn't get it. And I was bummed and mad, but at the same time, I was actually kind of happy I didn't get it because right now, during the corona time, I probably would be getting furloughed. <laughs> but, um, but it's a great airline. You know, I'm not bashing. I'm just saying I would be getting furloughed. It's still a good airline. It has its pros and its cons, just like every airline. So you do your research and what's best, best fits for you. The culture of that airline, if it fits for you, then go right ahead. So anyway, so then I started working for healthcare. And this is like years later. So from... Let's say 20, 2016 all the way to, sorry, 2006 to 2016, that's when I got hired at my airline. So, you know, to make your calculation, it was a while. And let me tell you that when I started working for the hospital, I kept saying, this is only going to be temporary because I'm going to become a flight attendant. Like 10 years later, I'm still... Like, oh my God, this is only temporary because I'm like, I'm 10 years in the hospital. I need to make my move. I'm not getting any younger. My goal was that once I turned 30, I was going to become a medicine. I was going to focus on that. So I did. I lost weight. I did gastric surgery, lost some weight. And I, and that was it. That was my opportunity. I was like, after 10 years, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get in. I've been, throughout that whole time, I was watching videos, I was, you know, I I applied for Delta a few times, and I got all the way to to their face-to-face in Atlanta, which Delta is a great company, It, it was my dream airline, and now I'm at an airline that is right for me at the moment, you know, um, you know, they didn't hire me, but... It was a great experience, you know, interviewing for them. I got to, like, figure out, okay, what I did right, what I did wrong, how to dress, what not to wear, what to wear, what to do during interviews, what not to do. You, It's very calculated. Very, very, You have to be on point. But for some reason, let me tell you, when I went to my airline, I almost did not go, like I said in a, in a previous interview. Like I, but it was by the grace of God that He pushed me to do it, and I got in. And I have to say, I do not regret leaving the healthcare industry, which is a very some will say some will say stable, very well paid. Um, but it was I was. I felt like I was dying, doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. Like, I got up, go to work, got up, go to work, came back home, go to work, came back home, go to work. Like, it was just like the same routine, the same routine. And when I was off, I was off during the weekend, weekdays at the hospital, and I worked weekends. And when I was off, no one was off because everyone was working. And when I was working, everyone was off. 
So all the events, all the fun stuff was happening the weekend. And it was hard for me to take off, you know. And I enjoyed, I'm not going to say that I didn't enjoy my time at the hospital working because I did enjoy my time at the hospital. It was a great 10 years, almost 11 years. And I've met some wonderful people, lifelong friends, and I enjoy it very much. But I love what I do. Love it. I love the flexibility of being a flight attendant. I love that I can drop a trip. Drop a trip means I can get rid of it or I can add more trips to my to my schedule. Now, let's get one thing straight. The first year, you will be on reserve. Reserve is that you're on call. So they'll say, you know, Norgie, you're going to be on reserve Monday through Thursday. And then, like, the day before, you'll know what time you'll be on reserve. Now, some airlines, you're on reserve for 24-7 for that whole four days. My airline, they tell you what time you start and what time you finish. So, they'll tell you, okay, Norgie, you're on reserve from 12 o'clock to midnight, 12 p.m. to midnight. So, I know that during that time, I need to have my bags, my, my luggage ready for anywhere for up to a four-day trip to cover, you know, Monday to Thursdays, that's four days. So I need to make sure that I have a mix of jeans, shorts, always bring a swimsuit because you never know. And even if you go to somewhere cold, you can be in Vermont, there's always an indoor pool (laughs) and it's heated. (laughs) So bring your bathing suit. So just, you know, you have to have a mixture of clothes in your bags, and some money, you know. One thing I should have said in the beginning, if you want to come into this career, the first year is very difficult. Make sure you save as much money as you can because if you're based in New York City like I am, I came with money saved. And let me tell you something, it went quick my money like it just evaporated because New York is so freaking expensive it's so expensive I come from Florida where I'm like oh I'm gonna get an apartment in New York it shouldn't be that that hard because I mean it was not hard at all to get an apartment in Orlando where I'm from child lies you tell oh my god like I thought I was homeless (laughs) I was gonna be homeless I'm like Oh my God, I need to find some place. I ended up in a crash pad, which I made up a podcast about that. Crash pad is an apartment or a house uh, where you share with other flight attendants and pilots. And you know, you're there when you're working and then you go home. You're a commuter. And if you want to live in the base, then you better save a ton of money because New York is no joke. And most of the bases for most airlines are in very expensive cities. Uh, like Boston, Boston is expensive too. Um, New York, New York, New York is pretty. It's a little bit more cheaper than New York, but New York is expensive. Um, I think the most cheapest one is probably like Orlando. There's a base in Orlando. There's a base in, in South Florida. Miami might be a little bit more expensive than Orlando, but it's not as expensive as New York. There's apartment near near Miami that you can find cheaper. But in LA, is expensive. Atlanta is very cheap to, to find. It's affordable. 
But anyways, if you're going to be based in New York, if you're going to work for my airline, most likely you're going to be based in Boston or New York. Because those are the two bases, junior, so-called junior base. But, um, yeah, save as much money as you can, you know, because you need to eat. Because the first year, you're going to be on call, on reserve, and you're not going to make as much money unless you hustle. And hustle, 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 pick up. My airline, you can pick up 20 hours above your guaranteed hours. You're guaranteed 75 hours a month. And it might not sound a lot, but if you work, like my first month on reserve, I actually worked. And that was like four years ago, almost almost five. I worked 115 or 20 hours my first month. And I was on call. And that's them giving me trips and giving me, and I picked up, I believe, one or two trips. But, um, but safe. So, yeah, back to my daily routine when I was on reserve, uh, the four block. So just make sure that you have a, a mixture of clothes in there, some good sneakers, sandals. I always, always take good sneakers and cute sandals that I can wear in the hotel or I can wear out, depending on where you're at. It might send you somewhere warm. And have some money because you most likely will go out to eat. Unless you're very, very, very disciplined. But at least on one of the days, you'll probably go out to eat. If, you, if they send you on a four-day Um Also, pack some lunch. Because depending on what kind of trip they're going to give you, you can have like four flights a day. Four to three flights. I, right now, only work one flight a day. And it's rare. Max two. And if it's three flights a day or more, it's a good trip and it has a good long layover in one of the days because I'm not going to be working four legs, four flights a day. No, I, I did that. I paid my dues. I'm not doing it unless I have to. But there's going to be times that you don't have time to get off the plane and get food. So you need to get have pack some snacks, pack some, you know, fruits and vegetables, take your vitamins. Try to stay as healthy as possible and sleep as much as you can. Make sure that you put a time, an alarm clock on. So if you start personally, I was one of those people that when I was on the reserve, I always got three in the morning uh, home reserve. I rarely got sent to do airport standby, which airport standby is when they tell you, hey, we need you to go to the airport and sit in the airport in case we need you for an immediate flight. And so it can be an eight-hour sit, I believe. I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's eight hours or something, that eight or five hours. And you you get paid four hours, I believe. And they can use you to board a plane if a, if a crew member, flight attendant is coming late and they can't board the plane, they'll, you, you'll step in and board that plane. But you have to be ready because you might be working that flight if they don't show up. So stuff like that, they'll they'll do they'll use you or for last minute call if someone call in two hours less than two hours they'll say hey Norji we need you we got a trip for you you need to go to gate twelve immediately you're going to Los Angeles and you just gotta run and go to Los Angeles and then you figure out hey am I laying over in Los Angeles and I'm staying in Los Angeles what am I doing <laughs> once you're in the plane but um. But yeah, it's, 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 
it's a fun career. It's exciting because you never know when, especially when you're on call, you never know what you're going to get, you know, and some flights are better than others, but I don't change that. You know, that time when I was on reserve, it was nerve breaking, you know, it was anxiety because you don't know where you were going, but at the same time, it was exciting because you can get a really good trip or you can get a really shitty trip. <laughs> so that that's always, you know, your luck. You know what what you can hold, what what's gonna happen with it. You know, you never know. But what else can I tell you guys? Um, yeah. So it's a fun career. If you want to do it, do it. If you have any questions about the career, just ask. Ask me. You know, hit me up and. I'll be more than happy to give you tips on how to do it. Um, and I know a lot of people that are really great at interviews that coach can coach people. I have some tips and whatnot. Um, but yeah, but I, I, you know, it took me, for me, it took me quite some time to become a flight attendant. Now, I know people that work at the Dollar Tree for instance, or McDonald's, and I'm not saying that's a bad job, but that's, you know, that's just a job for most people, and apply once for an airline and get in, and to a major airline addict, and get in, it's all about how you prepare yourself, your luck to, trust me, luck has a lot to do with it, and the chemistry you have with, with the person interviewing, interviewing you, um, how well you prepare yourself, how really you want it. Another thing that I've noticed and I've seen a lot, there's a lot of turnaround because a lot of people come into this career. I I call it my career, my lifestyle, because it is. You, you live all out of a suitcase and you have to like being on the go and exploring. You know, you have to. And even if you have a, a, a boyfriend or girlfriend, that's another thing. You know, if you have, a, if you're in a relationship, they really need to understand and respect that, respect your career. Because a lot of people, you know, I went on a date one time with this cop and I told him during dinner, he asked me, oh, what do you do? I'm just like, I'm a flight attendant. And he's like, oh, you guys like to sleep around. I'm like, what? Excuse you? Like. I'm, I'm like, dude, like, I, I don't, you know, I know that you're a cop. I don't assume that you like to kill uh, innocent minorities all the time. And mind you, he was a minority himself. I'm like, why are you making that assumption that I like to sleep around? I'm like, I found it insulting. Not all flight attendants like to fuck around, okay? It's just, they don't. There's some that do, but they don't. So I'm like, don't make that assumption. You don't want me to think that you're, you know, you're killer because cops nowadays have that fame of being uh, of doing killing innocent people for no reason don't you don't want me to judge you don't judge me okay so <laughs> he tried he felt like he was bad he felt embarrassed he, he apologized he tried to make it up but nah I was done with him but uh anyways you have to if you have a partner they have to understand that you're going to be gone for some time but at the same time, the benefits of taking that person, you can plan a trip to Dubai, 
and I go to Dubai every year. This year I haven't been able to go because of coronavirus. You know, going to Thailand, going to Japan on vacation has been one of the best highlights. And you're able to bring that person because you can put them in your benefits. So they have to understand, they have to be supportive of you because there's going to be times that you're not going to be there for Christmas, you're not going to be there for birthdays or anniversaries because your seniority is not going to allow you to take off. Another thing, seniority in the airline industry is everything. Some jobs, seniority is nothing. But in the airline industry, especially for flight attendants, it's everything. Everything. Especially this time of the coronavirus where a lot of airlines are furloughing or, you know, cutting cutting people, cutting staff. Your seniority is everything. So the sooner you can get into the airline industry and become a flight attendant, the better. Um, another thing that I wanted to say is that you really have to, you really have to tell your, ask yourself, are you able to do this career? Are you willing and able to be away for holidays, for birthdays? And I'm not saying that it's always going to be like that because who knows? Your first year, you can have Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's off. It all depends on the luck and how, and if people, some certain senior people like to work during those times because they make, they pay extra. My airline pays extra for those, those holidays. So, you know, they already used to, certain people already used to celebrating those holidays a different date. So it all depends. But reality is that eventually you will not be there for Christmas. You're going to have to come in the day before. You've celebrated the day before, the day after, or a few days after, or a week after. Uh, New Year's is going to be hard, you know? But, hey, if you're going somewhere cool for New Year's or Christmas, they can always uh, come and meet you. You can get them to fly for free and meet you there. You know, I know a lot of people that bring their parents ever laying over, have a long layover for Christmas. Thankfully, most of the time I have been able to either be off or work a flight to Orlando on Christmas Day or the day before and spend the holidays with my family. But it doesn't happen to everyone. So you just gotta, you know, you got to see what happens, you know, and, and, I know that you're going to miss a lot of important events, and that's just normal for the industry. Every single one of us that are flight attendants and pilots have missed an important event of a family member, of a holiday, anniversary, we all have missed. But this is just the price you pay for this wonderful career, because it is a wonderful career. You get to see places that people will only dream of, that people will only say, oh my God, I'm going to go to, I don't know, uh, Switzerland one day, but you can actually get on a plane and go to Switzerland. All you do is pay taxes because you know, you got to pay taxes when you non-breath is what they call it. When you fly to international, international taxes, but it's still much more cheaper than actually buying a plane. And we get so many discounts. Like I went on a seven day cruise, ocean view, ocean view room for $130. And we went to like four, four or five different islands. It was amazing. You know, $130. 
I went and took my mom. And it was on a Royal Caribbean cruise. I'm awesome. Um, we get cheap hotels, like cheap, dirt cheap hotels everywhere. Like I, I did a weekend in Vegas with my boyfriend and it was 20 bucks in one of those nice hotels in, this, in the Vegas Strip. You know, we go to Dubai, even though he has an apartment in Dubai. Yeah, my boyfriend has an apartment in Dubai. <laughs> yeah, I know. People are like, he had an apartment in Dubai. Yeah, he he worked hard. He has his money. And he does his thing. But anyway, ain't none of y'all business. <laughs> um, but I do like to spend half the time, you know, in a hotel. And the hotels over there, really, we get really good discounts. So... There's a lot of pros and cons, and you have to sit down and think, is this for me? I know it's a lot what I'm saying, and I know it probably sounds like I'm rumbling and talking a lot of stuff and saying a lot of things at once, but I want to I wanna be honest with you guys. I want, I want you guys to, you know, to know that this is not just a job. This is not just a phase. Like, you've really, this is not, it's more than just a career. It's a lifestyle. Okay, and it's an amazing lifestyle that only very few of us are privileged to enjoy and to live. So, my my advice would be to save as much money as you can because you're going to need it. Figure out if you're going to commute or not, depending on the base. Um figure out which airline is best for you because not every airline is right for you. You know, people want to work for the major airlines because they go internationally. You know, I work for I work for a major airline as well, but it's a low cost major airline. And we're gonna be traveling, start traveling to Europe pretty soon, starting next year. And we dominate the Caribbean and we dominate, you know, starting to dominate Latin America and I don't regret, you know, but not every airline is for you. Research the airline, research the culture, ask people that work for those airlines, hey, how do you like it, you know? Because a lot of people will tell you, if you ask them, the pros and the cons of that airline. So if you want to know what airline I work for, ask me, I'll tell you the pros and the cons. And I have friends in a lot of airlines. I have friends in a lot of major carriers. And I know the ins and outs of that airline because they tell me. So, if you have questions, don't be shy. Do your research, save money, and really ask yourself, is this the type of lifestyle I want? Do, I, 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 you have to say, tell yourself, I'm, I understand the fact that I'm, I will be missing holidays, I will be missing birthdays, I will be missing anniversaries. It does not happen all the time, but there's a big possibility you will. Until, your senior, until you build up your seniority, and then you can start bidding those days off. But to have the luxury of seeing the world, of knowing, hey, I want to, if I want to take two weeks off, I can. And I can go pack my bags, go to the airport and decide which, where do I want to go? And trust me, I know people that are like that, that will pack like a small suitcase or rollerboard, put some clothes in there passport, money, credit cards, and just go to the airport and look around, see what flight is leaving in the next hour or two to where. Boom, book the flight, see how the flight loads are looking, how many how many seats are available, and 
go on from there. Have gone to Paris for the weekend, London, Greece, you know, South Africa, Egypt, Morocco, Dubai, you know, Tokyo, Hawaii, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic. You know, you can see the world at your hand. There is the the opportunity to do so is in your hand. So research and actually um, figure out if that's what you want to do. Oh, child, I'm getting a little parched here. I need me something to drink. <laughs> I've been off for a couple of uh, I've been off for a couple days. It's what, the 24th of August and I think I don't go back to work until the 28th which I am going to Deadhead, which means I'm a passenger to Boston, and I'm going to be working Boston to Syracuse. I know, I'm going to Syracuse, not as exciting as it sounds, but actually Syracuse is really cool. There's a great mall there, and my BFF, my work wife, is there, and I'm going to spend some time with her, because I haven't seen her in a minute, and her and her husband are awesome people, and... Yeah, but that's another flexibility. You can pick if you want to work international trips or you want to work terms, which you come back home the same day, or you want to, I like to work four day trips where I'm gone for a whole bunch of time and I enjoy it. I love to work West Coast trips. In the summertime, I'll do some Caribbean trips. I love it. I like to go shopping. I like to go eating on my layovers. But that's going to be another blog, another podcast on what I like to do on my layovers. So anyways, guys, this is the takeoff. I'm Norji. Sorry for all the rambling. But like I said, research. Take your time. It took me quite some time. It took me 10 years from the last time I interviewed to until I got my job in 2016. Everyone's process is different. Everyone's journey is different. Just If it doesn't happen right away, start working on yourself. How do you interview better? What you should wear for the interview? How you should put your hair? Because trust me, they look at all that. I probably will be doing a podcast on what you should and shouldn't do about interviewing. And there's a few more stuff. You know, stay tuned. I know I'm getting, I'm a little slow in doing these podcasts. But guess what? Homegirl, homeboy. Whatever you want to call me. <laughs> uh, gotta work. Okay? But I'm here. If you have questions, holler at your boy. Okay? Um, y'all stay safe. Buckle up. Wash your hands. And keep that mask on. Because Rona is real. And it's taking people out. Don't let them fool you saying that it's gone. Okay? This is not a joke. This is this virus I've taken family members. And have taken colleagues of mine. So watch yourself. Stay safe. Stay positive. Do your research. This is a takeoff. And I'm Norji. Holla! <laughs> Bye! <laughs>